Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This is when the church was just first starting out and in my opinion one of the great beauties of the early church. In 432 it reads, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all uh, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means sons of, or son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. 1121, the Lord's, hands, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of, the, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch, when he arrived and he saw that the grace of God and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and had a great number of people who and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. May God add his blessing on the words. Thank you all for coming and, uh, and uh, being a part of our worship today. Beautiful winter day, and uh, we're thankful the Lord brought you all here safely. And we'll continue to pray the Lord takes us through the winter, allows us to worship each Sunday in his house, and to rejoice in the beauty of the world around us. You remember many years ago there was a TV show called The Waltons. You all remember that one? The Waltons were a large uh, family. Um, their story was set in the early part of the 20th century, and they seemed to be pretty much one in heart and mind as far as they could agree uh, on many things. Of course, they did have some disagreements from time to time, and that was part of the show. But even though they had their disagreements, they seemed to be one in their thoughts as a family. Much of the show was about poverty and the troubles during the Great Depression and the, and the Second World War, and yet their difficulties brought them together to thankfully share what little they had with not only their family, but their community and their friends around them. When we look at the scriptures and we read about the early church in the book of Acts, they were much like the Walton family. They were able to get along together. They had that spirit of one heart and one mind as a family. They shared and had much in common, and their difficulties, and because they were persecuted, they were uh, 
also able to come together around uh, uh, their uh, fellow Christians and to find help in spite of the fact that they had quite a difficult life in those early years. It seems that uh, persecution brought them together and one heart and one mind was known through the power of God's Spirit in their life. In the scripture we read this morning, in one of the verses, it seems that uh, the unifying message uh, was what brought them together. And that message was that the resurrection was real, that Jesus, whom they had seen, many of them had seen die on the cross, was three days later alive and well, and stayed among them for 40 days after his resurrection and continued to teach them about God's will for their life and God's presence and God's coming kingdom into the world. So the unifying message of the resurrection brought them together as in one heart and one mind. His Spirit made them demonstrate thanksgiving towards one another, but also towards the other people around them. This morning as we were introduced here to the little uh, introductory video that came on, you may have been able to catch the point behind that video. Uh, Pastor Dan found that, and it was... Uh, that uh, this lady, despite the fact that she was persecuted, she was still able to be thankful. She was still able to thank God even for the bugs that bit her there as she was persecuted. And there are people like that today in the world yet today, people who are persecuted for their faith in Jesus, just like these early disciples. And many times that persecution brings them together in that unifying uh, theme of one heart and one mind in Christ Jesus. Now Barnabas was one of those uh, relatively unknown early leaders who was part of that uh, Christian family. He was one that had that unity of heart and mind. He was one that believed in the resurrection of Jesus. And he was, uh, uh, even though uh, somewhat unknown to us today, must have been a powerful leader in the early church because when they heard that Christians were uh, uh, being one to the Lord, people were being one to the Lord in great numbers in Antioch, they sent Barnabas off as their representative from the major uh, city of Jerusalem. And I'm sure that he sensed a unity of heart and mind among those people as he came to Antioch. Now, I've sensed that unity of heart and mind here among the people as I've been here these last many months. I've seen how you've been able to work together, and despite the fact that we may disagree from time to time, we do it agreeably, and we come together in one heart and one mind to advance God's kingdom in Greenfield Township and in the surrounding area as well as around the world as we put that one heart and that one mind and that one message into practice that Jesus is alive and that Jesus has made a difference in our life and he can make a difference in your life as well. Now it says here in verse 34 that Barnabas and the early church demonstrated their thankfulness to God because they trusted in their leadership. And they trusted their leadership not only uh, with the message but with the substance of their life. Uh, no needy persons were among them, it says in verse 34. And I believe this was because they trusted their leaders with their gifts, and so their leaders were then able to take those gifts that they freely gave and placed at the apostles' feet to use to help people who were in need, not only in their own fellowship as Christians, but also in the uh, fellowship of the community around them. Verse 35, and again verse 37, uses those, those same words. They, uh, they put their money at the apostles' feet. It seems there was a mutual accountability here in this early church from the very beginning. 
uh, the, the, the Christian fellowship, the members of the church in Jerusalem, trusted their leaders with their gifts, with their uh, tithes and offerings. And then um, the leaders trusted uh, that the uh, members of the church, the members of the fellowship at large, would follow them and do the Lord's work and make a difference in the community around them. And so there was a mutual accountability, a two-way street uh, between the leadership and those uh, who were part of the congregation. They thankfully and freely gave of their gifts, knowing that the leaders would use those gifts to further God's kingdom. Over the years, I've heard many people speak to me and testify to me about after they had gone on a mission trip, uh, that uh, they came back and they said, my, it's amazing how people are able to use uh, what little gifts we give to make a great difference in the place where they're working. And it changed people's lives because they went to do a mission project, a hands-on kind of thing, or maybe they just went as a, uh, in a mission, uh, what we call observation tour, where they just watched what the missionaries were doing. But either way, they came back with the same testimony uh, that uh, they were sure uh, that their mission dollars were used to serve the Lord in the most uh, positive way. In my own life, uh, when I was uh, 18 years old, uh, I went to Haiti and uh, worked there for a couple of weeks with the missionaries in a hospital in Limby, Haiti, and a, and a, a school that they had there as well, and we did several projects. But that changed my life because I was able to see how God was at work through ordinary people just like myself, and uh, 18-year-old guy had never been out of Worth Township, hardly, let alone uh, you know, out of the country and in a, a strange a new world. Uh, I was able to do something that could make a difference uh, for people in that faraway land. And so I've been a supporter of missions uh, from that very early time. And then verse 36 gives us another reason that Barnabas was a living demonstration of thanksgiving. He was known as the son of encouragement the son of encouragement. Now, when people encourage me, I don't know about you, but if somebody encourages me, I'm, uh, I'm, happy, I'm happy, I'm thankful for them, and then I, in turn, try to encourage somebody else to pass that encouragement along. In 1 Corinthians, uh, I think it's actually 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it talks about the, the comfort or the encouragement we receive from God. Uh, we then pass it on to other people who then will be able to pass it on further. And so encouragement continues to build as we pass it along to other people. Many years ago when I was living in New Bethlehem, uh, uh, there were some uh, difficult times from time to time in the church. And I was a young pastor. I was a whopping uh, maybe a little less than 30 years old. Man, I was really an aged fellow, you know. And uh, I probably didn't know what I was doing, you know. But anyhow, I, I attempted it. From time to time, I actually made a mistake or two. And a few people had to kind of straighten me out, you know. And uh, yet, uh, when, uh, when they did, there was one lady in the church, and I can't remember her name right now, uh, but she said, don't worry, she said, uh, you're a child of the king, she said. Uh, don't worry, uh, be thankful, you're a child of the king. And so I always remembered that, and especially in relationship to the song that we sing, I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king because Jesus is my savior. I'm a child of the king. And so no matter how much we may mess up, you know, how much we stumble along, we don't know what we're doing in our life, uh, we can always remember that if we trust the Lord uh, and, and uh, place our care upon him, uh, that we're a child of the king and he'll care 
for us as well. Now in Acts uh, chapter 11, the second passage that we read this morning, it goes on to tell us about Barnabas and how he was uh, that son of encouragement. And you might say to yourself, well, how exactly did uh, Barnabas encourage people? Or why in the world would he bother have, to have gone over there to Antioch to even encourage people? He was probably happy in Jerusalem, uh, carrying on his Christian life there with his family and friends. But he went over there because he heard of the grace of God at work among other people. And to see the grace of God at work in other people's lives really brings a a double blessing into people's lives and allows those people to uh, really get excited and thankful to the Lord for what he's doing in somebody's life. And so that's the reason that Barnabas felt it was important to go over there to Antioch and to see God's grace at work. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're so uh, content in the situation that God has placed us in, and we're thankful for what God has done for us in our life, but we have to kind of step outside of our comfort zone and go see what God's doing someplace else, to see how God's grace is alive and well and working in other people's lives. And so it says here, they saw the evidence of the grace of God at work in the lives of the people of Antioch. We, as Christians today, need to show God's grace alive and at work in our lives, to thankfully show God's grace to other people uh, wherever we might go. They might be people that deserve God's grace, but more than likely, (laughs) they may be people that don't deserve God's grace. And uh, so it takes an extra effort on our part, doesn't it, to thankfully show God's grace to other people. And And then it says he encouraged them, He said to remain true to the Lord with all of your heart. Remain true to the Lord with all of your heart. When Jesus gave his great commandment, he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It seems like Jesus and Barnabas and Paul and all the early uh, Christians seemed to catch hold of what Jesus was meaning. When he said uh, to remain true to the Lord, he wasn't just saying when you feel like it, or if you get up in the morning and it's a nice day, then you can remain true. But he says, remain true to the Lord with all of your heart, and I think implied in those words is all of the time, as much as it's possible, as much as God's grace is able to give you that ability, you can remain true to the Lord. And so he encouraged those early disciples Uh, in Antioch to remain true to the Lord. Verse 24, it states that Barnabas was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Now his goodness and his faith came because he allowed the Holy Spirit to work in his life. It was the Holy Spirit that uh, encouraged him through the Uh, other disciples in Jerusalem to go to Antioch in the first place. And when he arrived there, it was quite apparent to the people uh, that he met that he was full of goodness and faith, and he allowed the Holy Spirit to work in his life. Demonstrating thankfulness in Barnabas' life meant that the Holy Spirit worked in him. And uh, by the fact that he was thankful, the Holy Spirit was able to work even in a stronger way in in his life. I know most of us uh, realize that when we're ungrateful or when ingratitude, I guess that's a word, when ingratitude comes into our life, it stifles the Spirit at work in our life. It quenches the power of God's Spirit in our life. And so you see, thanksgiving uh, 
encourages the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And so if you are unthankful, God's Spirit is not going to be able to use you. And so Barnabas obviously was a thankful fellow, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in his life and the Holy Spirit's goodness and the faith that the Holy Spirit enabled uh, Barnabas to do the work that he was called to do in Antioch. In the last few months, one of my responsibilities has been worked with the pulpit committee. And uh, that's been something that I've been privileged to do for over 20 years in, in churches in West Virginia and now here in Pennsylvania. And the amazing thing is I work with pulpit committees. I can see the dependence of those folks in that committee on the Holy Spirit. I can see that they realize they're in over their head. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Whenever we realize that we're over our head, we don't know what to do, then we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. And I've noticed that in the group of people that you folks have chosen to be in, uh, on the pulpit committee, that the Holy Spirit is, is, is apparent in their lives. And they turn to the Holy Spirit, they turn to prayer, and they come to the, to the Lord with thankfulness for the opportunity they have uh, to work with God in securing uh, the future of this church and a, and a future pastor. And so continue to pray for those people and continue to pray for that process as it unfolds in the days and weeks ahead. We can be coming with thanksgiving for people who have given their life, uh, like Barnabas and others, uh, to be people full of faith uh, and the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, it reports a, a, a historic fact. Uh, tells us how we know that Luke uh, was um, reporting accurately what was actually happening in his time. It says there that uh, the churches were, the Christians were first, the followers were first called Christians. There you go, uh, in Antioch. Uh, Christian meant uh, uh, little. Christ is what it meant, and originally it was meant to be a derogatory term towards those people who uh, others made fun of. Uh, they said, oh, they're just little Christs, uh, and they didn't believe in Christ's resurrection, and so they were kind of putting down the early Christians. But the Christians picked up that term and applied it to themselves and, and gladly uh, bore that uh, term, uh, little Christ or Christ followers. They were Christ's followers because they were eager to learn what Jesus uh, was like from Barnabas and Saul and other disciples that came to them. Uh, you see, the key to those early Christians in Antioch being so uh, full of faith in the Holy Spirit and seeing God's grace at work among them was is that they were willing to learn. They were thankful for those who were teaching them. They were thankful for good teachers and, thank, and the teachers were, on the other side, thankful for good learners. Uh, I've been reading a book by Leith Anderson, a well-known pastor, uh, Baptist pastor, in the, in the last uh, uh, 50 years or so. He's just recently passed away. But one of the quotes I thought was, was applicable to this teaching was that he said, good teachers are worthless unless you have people who are willing to learn. And... I, you know, I, of course, I knew that before, but it, it really, he, the way he put it there, good teachers are worthless unless you have people willing to learn. And here in Antioch, where the people were first called Christians, they were people who were willing to learn what it was like to be a follower of Jesus. And again, I've seen many people in our 
congregation here who are willing to learn uh, to be followers of Jesus in their life every day. And so the teachers we have are thankful uh, for students who are willing to learn. Then verse 27 and 28 here in, in Acts chapter 11, it says, During this time some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. Again, Luke was uh, giving us some verifiable uh, human history, something that we can check outside the Bible to find out. Uh, And sure enough, in the analogs of the Roman history during the time of uh, Claudius Caesar, there was a famine in the Roman world. And so Luke was uh, a historian, and uh, when he writes the book of Luke and then his second uh, volume, the book of Acts, we can know that, that Luke was reporting what actually happened in the world as well as what was happening in the church of that time. Barnabas and the other Christians uh, respected the gift of this prophet Agabus who came to predict of this uh, famine that would happen. And uh, when we respect and honor the gift of prophecy, we respect and honor God's Spirit who sends those prophets to us and God's Spirit who inspired the prophets of our, of our Scripture. And uh, then we can rejoice and be thankful uh, for what God has done through them and the message that he has brought to us through them. We're a demonstration of thanksgiving to God when we heed the prophets who speak to us from God's Word. Each of us can read God's Word ourselves, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, we can understand God's Word, but there's an extra special dimension of receiving God's message when we receive it through a third party when we're willing to humble ourselves enough and say, hey, I don't have it all figured out. I can't figure it out all by myself. I need those teachers that God sends to me. I need those prophets that God sends into our life so I can listen and hear what God's message might be to me. And I'm thankful over the years of many uh, dozens of people who have invested in my life and helped me to understand uh, the Scriptures and, uh, and to know God's presence and His special power in the lives around me. So Barnabas and other Christians demonstrated thankfulness to God, uh, finally then, by reaching out to the people around them in the world. And in several verses here, 21, 24, 26, 29, and 30, all tell us that a great number of people, that's the phrase that's used four times, a great number of people were touched by the ministry of God through Barnabas. Verse 21, it says, Uh, that um, the Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Barnabas told a great number of people uh, so that they would believe and then turn to the Lord. Or the word there uh, is really repent. That's what the word repent means is turn around. And so Barnabas was so empowered by God's Spirit that he was able to convince people of their need to make a 180-degree turn in their life and go from following the gods of the Roman Empire, uh, the gods of uh, materialism and consumerism and all the other things that were alive and well in their world, to turn from those gods and to follow the God in the person of Jesus Christ who came to change their life. So he was a great evangelist, turning great numbers of people to the Lord. And then, secondly, in verse 24, it says that um, 
He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now, in this passage here, what he's talking about is not just brought to the Lord in that he witnessed and people came and believed what he said in an evangelistic sense of way, but this is a meaning more physically brought. So uh, this guy, you know, he must have had his uh, church bus or something, you know, they had a, whatever it was. He was bringing people physically on foot or by horse or donkey or whatever it was, but these people, you know, they just didn't speak with their mouth, but they put it together with their hands and feet and physically brought people uh, to the Lord. And we read in other places in, the, in Acts how they uh, actually there were great healings occurred through the Apostle Paul and the other disciples as people were brought uh, to the Lord in a physical touch, changed their lives. And then third in verse 26, it tells us that he taught people. Uh, he says, the disciple. oh, let's see here. Yeah, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Again, that same phrase, they taught great numbers of people. And it's interesting that Barnabas must have started this teaching process and then realized he had more than he could do, so he remembered, hey, I remember a guy named Saul, a, a young Christian who was really on fire, and uh, he was a great um, scholar in the, in the Hebrew school, uh, and so maybe I should go back and find him in Tarsus, his hometown, and bring him over here to Antioch and have him help me do this teaching. So Barnabas, I think, was tutoring Paul on his teaching methods, and probably one of the reasons Paul was so successful in his uh, ministry and wrote much of what we know as the New Testament today was he was tutored along. He was taught how to be uh, a great teacher by this man, Barnabas. Great numbers of people were taught by Saul and Barnabas, it says, and turned to the Lord. And then finally it says they gave to the relief, gave for the relief of the poor. It says... Uh, they decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea because of this famine that occurred. And this they did by sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. They gave for the relief of the poor and the spread of the gospel uh, elsewhere, not just in, in Antioch, but uh, in Jerusalem and other parts of the Roman world. So the challenge for us today is, is that we need to be uh, so thankful that we're at work around uh, uh, our community, in our family, at our workplace, at our school, wherever we are, uh, we're at work and we're demonstrating through the work that we do for the Lord that we're thankful to the Lord for what He's done for us. If we're doing nothing, then that indicates, hey, we're not thankful, we don't care. But if we're busy at work uh, telling people, uh, physically bringing them, healing them, touching their lives in a physical way, teaching them, and then giving of our substance like these early church uh, people did so that other people can find relief for their poverty, uh, but more important, their relief from the poverty of spirit uh, in their life uh, because they don't know Jesus. And so our opportunity in this Thanksgiving season is to be a demonstration of Thanksgiving like Barnabas and these people in the early church. And wherever we go, people will know that we're thankful and uh, that life of thanksgiving then will multiply and encouraging other people uh, to come to know the Lord and to be thankful for what he has done in their life as well. Shall we pray? Lord, we're thankful for Barnabas 
And we're thankful for those early Christians in Antioch who uh, set a standard for us and how they could be living demonstrations of thanksgiving through that, what they did for you and the, the message of the resurrection that they proclaimed, the unity of one mind and one spirit that they displayed. And we pray, Lord, that as we continue to minister in this church and in this community and in our world today, uh, that you'd give us uh, thankful hearts. Uh, thankful hearts because we have that one mind and spirit. Thankful hearts because we've personally been touched by Jesus and want to touch other people's lives. Make us demonstrate, demonstrators of thankfulness uh, wherever we go in this Thanksgiving season. And Lord, today we know there may be some here who have not yet met you, who haven't yet turned to the Lord from the ways of the uh, the world around them. So, Lord, we pray that you would touch them even as you touched those people long ago in Antioch and help them to turn around and follow Jesus and to become living demonstrations of thankfulness for, their, for the grace that you've shown to them through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.